You're listening to a podcast from Victory. Jesus taught his disciples how and what to pray. Learn more about the Lord's Prayer in week 10 of our series, Redefined. I know that many of you, you know that before coming here in Green Hills, before, uh, you know, we're reassigned, I used to pass, uh, be one of the pastors in Victory U Belt. And I used to pastor high school and college students. Back in U-Belt, every time there's a board exam, uh, examination coming up, our attendance shoots up. Biglang nag-triple, quadruple yung number po ng mga students who would attend the service. People don't normally go to the service would come. Uh, one time, um, every, uh, every Friday, it would normally be uh, full of students. But everybody seated. But there was one time when it was standing room only. And before the service, there are three services every Friday, 3, 5, and 7. The people waiting for the 7 o'clock service were lining up starting from the entrance of the mall, ground floor, up to the fourth floor where we are. Uh, we are holding our services in St. Francis Mall. So ganun kahaba yung pila. We're, we're just so amazed because of the number of students who wants to get inside and be part of the worship service. It's like a concert. And it's like all these young people coming. And uh, the difference also was, after the service, they stayed and they went in front and asking us to pray for them. Iba talaga yung faith level pag may exam, no? So every prayer, amazing also how passionate they are in, in saying Amen. Lord pa lang yung sinabi ko. Sabi ko, Lord, Amen! Ganun sila yung... Sobrang passionate and excited because they, they need prayer at the time. But you know, in general, for all of us here, we like being prayed for. Um, in my own experience, even people who don't consider themselves religious, when you offer prayer, they would say yes. Very rarely that you will encounter people who would say no to prayer. Because we want to be prayed for, there's something about it. There, there, we know there's, some, there's a power in prayer, but uh, what, what sometimes is puzzling about this is that even though we want to be prayed for, many of us are not praying personally on a daily basis. And one of the reasons for that is that sometimes we have wrong mindset or ideas about prayer, making it boring at times or making it ineffective. That's why I, I won't be able to blame why some people would not be excited when the topic is about prayer. Okay? Because if you don't understand something, then uh, the, the experience will be very different. Some people don't want to pray because they feel like they are not in a position to pray. Uh, pag si pastor yung nagpray, papakinggan ni Lord Jan, pero ako... No, makasalanan ako, pastor. And so we are not confident. Some people, they don't pray. Uh, again, because of their uh, religious background where it's mechanical, it's, it's serious, it's very formal. Uh, and so they don't know how to, uh, to, to pray like that. Uh, some people, they don't know what to say. You know, even here in victory, you know, sometimes when you pray, diba, yung nag-iisip ka, kaya nag-make up ka muna ng sasabihin, Lord God, God, Lord. I mean, so, you don't know how to pray. Some people I know, they, will, they are stressed when somebody, when they are asked to pray in front. Talagang yung stress na stress, hindi maka, nagpapalpitate. When they are asked to pray in front. 
Some people, they, they don't pray because uh, in the past when they prayed, nothing happened. And so in their mind, they're saying, why bother to pray? It's not working. So some people doubt the power of prayer. Is there really somebody there listening to our prayer? Or is this really something that works in real life? Or are we just wasting time doing this? So there's so many wrong ideas uh, about prayer. In the same way, during the time of Jesus, there were many religious people who practiced prayer, yet they are doing it wrong. Uh, And last week, we mentioned uh, uh, a portion of that where some people prayed for a show. They just want to be seen. Some people, what they do is that they prolong their prayer because in their mind, the longer the prayer, the more powerful it will be. So they make up, they, they're making up prayer. So ang haba-haba, you know, parang pasikot-sikot na lang, Lord God, we pray for world peace. God, we pray for hallelujah. Para, lahat na lang, no? para lang, pag mahaba, mga one hour, God is here. Praise God. Pag five minutes lang yung prayer, parang feeling mo, God, sorry ha. Sorry, five minutes lang. But we measure the sincerity and the effectiveness with the length of time allotted to it. So, Jesus had to come and to redefine what prayer is about. And God had to bring back the heart and the spirit behind this spiritual activity which became a religious duty. It's just like a to-do list that we need to do in order to fulfill our our religious obligation. But Jesus said there's more to prayer than just doing this as a ritual. And so Jesus taught His disciples, now that you are followers of Christ, this this is how you should pray. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 7, it says, And when you pray, Do not hip up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. He said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptations, but deliver us from evil. How many of you, you grew up memorizing this prayer? Okay, let's have a contest right now. We'll call you up on stage. <laughs> let's just break this down. Uh, Jesus taught the disciples how to pray. And this is not uh, meant to be memorized when Jesus taught His disciples to pray. Uh, God was not telling them to memorize this word for word and telling them that if you're going to pray to me, this is exactly how you pray regardless of the purpose why you're praying. So if you're praying for your tuition, this is how you, you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Merong may sakit sa family nyo? Nasa hospital na agaw buhay. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's not a memorized prayer, but that's what it became. We don't do that in our normal conversation. My, my kids don't do that to me. I don't do that to my wife. I don't have a memorized line every day. Like, I'll go to my wife and, the most beautiful of all the women in the world. Parang meron kang pasakali. Tasabihin mo lang pala, let's go. But sometimes that's what we do in prayer. So, first of all, Jesus said, when you pray, you start with this, our Father in heaven. 
And that was very new uh, to the audience at that time because in their tradition, uh, going back to the Old Testament, the people in the Old Testament don't call God their Father. They never addressed Him as Father. It's always Lord and God. In the book of Exodus, uh, the people uh, told Moses, please don't ever let God talk to us directly again because the last time He talked to us, the, 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 the ground shook, uh, the, there, there was like thunder and storm. They were so scared and they said, if God would speak to us, please, can you talk to God? And then you talk to us. Because God was just, uh, God is massive, He's big, He's powerful, even His voice alone sometimes can be overwhelming. And so nobody addressed Him as Father, only Lord God. Then Jesus came, and this is a mind-blowing uh, like teaching for them that, they, that Jesus told them, if you're going to pray to this big God, here's how you should address Him. Not Lord, not God, but you say, our Father. Big, massive. David in Psalm when he was reflecting on the, the, the greatness of God, at the same time his relationship to his people, here's what he wrote in Psalm 8, 3-4. He said, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? You know, Hebrews 11 says that Jesus spoke the universe into existence. Do you have any idea how the universe came to be? The Bible says it's through the word of God. He just spoke it into existence. That's how powerful God is. Yet David said, when I look at the stars and the moon, and when I try to wrap it around my my head and my brain, how can a God who created all of these things, who's massive and big and powerful, how can that God be personal at the same time? How can God like that care for me? Who am I, Lord, that I should find attention and favor from your eyes? And He can't just really get over it. Who are you? But yet, that's who God is. You know, there's one thing we need to know about God. God is personal God. He's a personal God. He's a relational God. He wants to have a relationship with us. In fact, He said, I want you to relate to me as your father, and I want to relate to you as my sons and daughters. You know, my, one of my prayers is that we will have a greater revelation what that means. I know that that word father is loaded with emotion. Some negative, some positive, depending on our experiences with our earthly fathers. And sometimes uh, that becomes a hindrance for us to imagine God as your father. But yet, when we say God is our father, it means He's our perfect heavenly father who loves us, who cares for us. And, 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 and David said, uh, and Jesus said, here's how you should pray. When you pray, you start with this idea that this is about relationship. It's about relationship. I like this quote from John Piper. And I think it's powerful. He said, We are not meant to be somebody. We were meant to know somebody. We're here not to prove our worth and value. We're not here to be somebody. We are here to be somebody. That's the purpose of life. To know God and to serve His purpose. It's about relationship. And that's the starting point of prayer. Not a ritual. Not a tradition. It's about 
relationship with God made possible by Christ. How many of you here, you're grateful for the relationship you have with Christ? And maybe for some of us here, you're here for the first time and you feel far away from God. In your, in your mind, you're thinking, how can I have that relationship? I mean, what, what can I do in order for me to have that intimate relationship wherein I can come and say, my father. And I can actually have the confidence to relate as a son or a daughter. What would it take for that to happen? You know, here's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We used to be far away from God, but because of what Christ has done on the cross for us, the blood of Christ, we're reconciled back to God. It's never about what you can do. It's about what Christ has already done for us. And because Jesus died on the cross, you and I today can be reconciled back to God and have that relationship. And continuing in verse 18 to 19, it says, For through Him we both have access in one Spirit to the Father. I don't have a better access than you. I don't have a special access just because I'm a pastor. Even if you're the newest believer here, just one week old, I want you to know that you and I were given equal access to God. My, your prayer is as effective as my prayer. Because it's not about you. It's not about the title attached to your name. It's about who is our God who made this possible for us with Jesus Christ. And he said, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens. Can you look at the person sitting next to you and tell that person, hindi ka na alien? You're no longer foreigner and alien, but you are a fellow citizen with the saints and members of the household of God. You're not a stranger anymore. You're part of the family. If you have given your life to Jesus, if you have asked for the forgive, for forgiveness of your sins and put your faith in Christ, the Bible says you're adopted to the household. You're given the spirit of sonship. And today, whoever you are, you can come to, get, to God and say, My Father in heaven. Jesus said that should be the starting point. The starting place of prayer. It's about a relationship. And second, He said, Hallowed be your name, which means set apart, which means holy. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what this is about. Not only that, it's about relationship. Prayer is about aligning our hearts and our lives to His will. That's what prayer is about. For His kingdom to be advanced and for His will to be fulfilled. Not only in our life, but in, on earth as it is in heaven. It's about God's will. Uh, another quote that I want to share with you, last quote, it says, The function of prayer is not to influence God, but rather to change the nature of the one who prays. Prayer is transformative. When we pray, something happens. In fact, the greatest reward of prayer is us becoming more Christ-like in character. Us becoming aligned to God's will and having God as our greatest reward. And that's prayer. Prayer is not twisting the arms of God. Uh, Prayer is not manipulating God. Prayer is not building up a case to convince God that what you're demanding is valid. 
Prayer is not nagging God until He becomes tired of listening to us and give in to what we're asking. No. Prayer is us aligning our hearts to God's will. And the more we pray, you know, my wife and I are practice every time we're about to make an important decision, we would always say, okay, let's pray about this. Many times we would give it three days. Let's slip over this. I know we're excited. I know this sounds good. I know this looks good. I know this feels good. But let's slip over this decision. Pray, pray. After three days, let's, let's talk and let's see if this is still, if we're still confident about this. You know why? Because one thing that we learned from following Christ and from the people who discipled us is that our life is not just about money. It's not about being productive. It's not about being successful and reaching our goals. It's about serving our purpose. It's very possible to be successful in doing the wrong things. It's possible to be prosperous and be out of God's will. That's why Moses, uh, in, in, in Exodus chapter 33 Uh, Maybe for some of you here, there are dreams, there are promises you're claiming from God every single year. And Moses in Exodus 33, they were, uh, they, they are so near the promised land. They've waited for this for years and years and years. They can smell it already. It's within reach. They can see the promise already. They're about to cross and enter. Yet, here's Moses' deal with God. He said, Lord, I know this is important to us. We're excited for the promised land. But if your presence will not go with us, I'm not willing to go. I'm willing to lose the promise, but I'm not willing to lose you. I'm not willing to lose your presence. Because that blessing without you is nothing. It's not going to be a blessing in the end. And that's my prayer for all of us, that we will be able to get to that point wherein we can honestly say, and we can confidently say to God, Lord, you are more important than money. You are more important than my career. You are more important than my reputation. I would choose you any time of the day. And I believe God. that's where God wants to bring us all. Uh, where we, we desire God's will for us. And, and Jesus said that's the starting point. You want to understand prayer? You want to experience an intimate relationship with God? Here's what it's about. It's about relationship, and, that, and it's about aligning your heart to God. And understanding that, you pray this. First, you pray for your daily bread. How many of you here, you have needs today? How many of you need healing today? Need Provision today, I mean, I don't know what you need, but one thing I know, all of us, we always have a need. We need something. We'll never get to that point wherein we don't need anything at all. And Jesus said, when you pray, you pray for, you, you say, give us this daily bread, pray for your needs. What's the first thing you do when you have a need? Who do you call? Where do you go? What do you do? Jesus said, if you have a need, don't call your mama. Don't post in Facebook, dropping hints on your friends. Praying for my needs today, I know God will provide. Urgent. Tastinag mo mga family members and friends mo. Believing in faith, only God. Discarte ka agad. 
Jesus said, if you have a need, you pray. Prayer is not your last option, it's your first course of action. When you have a need, go to the Father. You know why? Because God wants you and I to learn to look to Him for everything we need. Rely on God. Because God is the source, everything else is just a channel. Your job is a channel of God's provision, but God is the source. And Let's pray for God's provision. I, I, we had a lunch last, um, I think two weeks ago with a friend, uh, our ca- campus missionaries in Australia. We used to work here uh, in Metro Manila together, but two years ago, they moved to Australia. They felt like God was calling them uh, to be there. And they talked to our leaders and they prayed over them. They said, yes, we feel like this is God. Many people don't consider Australia as a mission field because it's a first world country. But because it's rich and people are comfortable in that place, there is this uh, feeling that they don't need God. It's slowly becoming an atheist nation. And so there is a need for people to bring the gospel there. One, another thing is that it's a melting pot of, of different nationalities where more than a hundred nationalities are represented in Australia. One of the most diverse nation in the world. And so if you reach the students studying there, you can send them back to their countries and we can spread the gospel in a, in a greater scale. And so they went there, but they're living by faith. They're raising their support. And during our lunch, we talk about many things. And when they told us how much they are raising every month, believing by faith in order to stay there and do campus ministry and plant a church, it was just, I I mean, mind-blowing. And I said, I salute your faith for living by faith every single day. And by the grace of God, not only that God provided the money, it's not really good in English, He would say that to you. He grew up in Tondo. Manila, so medyo matigas po. Ano? Tapos nag-Australia ka pa, may accent, di ba? Parang, ang hirap. Pero you know, by the grace of God, my friend here and his family were able to plant a church in the city of Sydney, Australia. And we have more than 40 students coming to the church today. Let's give the Lord a big hand for that. And uh, Jesus said, you pray, give us today our daily bread. How many of you know that God is not only willing to provide, He is able to provide? You know, as, uh, I, I don't know how many fathers do we have here, but as a dad, my heart is to always provide for my children. Kung pwede lang lahat ng, alam mo yun, ang dami kong gustong uh, gawin, bigay, but sometimes, you know, all I have is heart. I have the heart, I am willing, but I'm not able. But I'm glad God is not like me, who's limited. Our God is unlimited. And God is not only willing, He's always able to provide for each and every one of us. But it doesn't mean that every time we pray to God and ask Him, He will always give us what we ask, what we ask of Him. No. How many of you here, you prayed, and God did not give you specifically what you're asking for? And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I do that also as a dad. Not everything that my children ask of me, I, I, I give them. My two-year-old would come to me and say, Daddy, Knife, knife. <laughs> Bibigay ko, okay anak, hiningi mo kasi. 
No, I don't do that. As a good father, as a wise father, I know I will not give him everything he asked me because some of the things he's asking me will endanger his life. Not only that, if I always do that, that I always just give everything, I would spoil his character. I would ruin his character. He will never learn how to wait. He will never learn the value of contentment. He will never learn wisdom and and patience and all these things. And you know why God sometimes, even though he's capable, not giving us everything we ask of him? Because God knows what's best for us. That's why when we pray, it's aligning our hearts to him. I don't go to God and say, Lord, this is what I want. You have no choice but to bless it. God is not obligated to bless what He did not initiate. But if that is God's will, you, you be sure God is with you. And God will always give us everything that we need. And last, last two part of the prayer, He said, And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Uh, I don't know with you, but sometimes my phone would hang up. Hindi gumagalaw. Na-experience niyo ba Especially mga touchscreen. It's not going to move. It would hang. And so, what I would do is that I would turn it off and then uh, turn it on again. Reset. And then after that, it would function properly again. You know, praying for forgiveness is like an everyday reset. Because you and I need a fresh start every single day. Even though we are followers of Christ, we still sin. How many of you would admit We still commit mistakes. We still lose the fruit of the Spirit from time to time. We lose the patience. We explode. We lose the gentleness. We become harsh. We lose the self-control. We lose the joy. You know, I have one confession to make. Last month, after a one-on-one discipleship meeting with with a guy in one of the restaurants here in Green Hills, I went to the parking uh, lot and then uh, I drove, palabas na ako ng parking, pinara ako ng guard, checked my parking ticket and said, okay sir, 300 lang po. 300! 100 lang yung in-order ko. Mas mahal pa. So I was, uh, I was shocked and uh, you know, just right after me, discipling somebody, teaching him how to be godly, walk with God. Here I am, just because of a parking ticket, just like that, nagiba yung hundred. I went down, went back to the restaurant, called the manager with the guard and talked. I was really obviously irritated. I said, "You never told me. I stayed there for three hours. I thought it's free. Amba cost parang." Pero while I'm doing that, alam niyo parang kinokonvict ako ni Lord. Nararamdaman ko na si Lord kumikirot. Alam niyo parang. I just know God is convicting me. Parang in my mind, alam may thoughts. Minsan si Lord, He will speak to you by, by dropping a thought in your mind. And parang sinasabi sa akin ni Lord, Pastor ka anak. Lala ko, shucks, pastor, shucks, pastor. Baka nakita pa nila, nagpipray kami kanina sa table. Tapos naisip ko rin, shucks, baka mag-church to one of these days. <laughs> sa service ko pa. So I, I cooled down. <laughs> said, oh, but if I need to pay, you know, I understand. <laughs> you know, when we're talking, I was silently repenting in my mind. And then after that, you know, so it's okay, sir, first time, but uh, next time, the first one hour is free, succeeding hour will be 100 pesos per hour. And 
Grabe, parking naman to. Sabi ko, okay. Then I apologized to the manager. I apologized to the guards. I said, if ever no, I showed a bad face, if I said something that, I'm so sorry, I was shocked. Sorry. So I went and then repented. How many of you here, you need mercy and forgiveness every single day? But not only you, the people around you as well. So Jesus said, every day, pray for forgiveness, but you also release forgiveness to others. And last thing, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Temptation is real. There's temptation all around us, at home, in church, in EDSA. Alam mo, sa EDSA, ang taas ng temptation. Talagang ma-exercise yung, ano mo, yung prayer life. Oh, Lord, I, I bless you. Parang, yung nagda-drive ka palang, papunta ka ng church. Oh. test yung patience. I mean, temptation is all around us. Temptation is real. Evil is real. We have a real enemy. But you know the trick of the enemy in order to defeat us? Sometimes is to, he will try to convince us that he doesn't exist. Some people believe that. There's no such thing as evil. We're basically good people. If you really believe that, can you leave your car open and leave your phone and wallet on the table and go? <laughs> so sometimes he would convince you that he's more powerful and he's, he's capable of hurting you. And so you be, we become paralyzed and paranoid of the devil na lahat na lang demonyo to. Nalate ako demonyo to. Yung coffee ko, mat, iba demonyo to. Parang lahat na lang, no? So, sobrang magnified yung demonyo. Either way, you lose. Nakakatakot demonyo, wag tayo mag-disciple, baka balikan tayo. May ganang rest back. Rest back yun. Fraternity. Parang, hala, nag-disciple ka. Oh no. Tomorrow, baka mabalikan ka. Magka-pimples ka. Mga ganun. But the reality is, yes, we have an enemy and though he's defeated, he's trying his best to steal, kill, and destroy. But you know, here's, uh, here's the assurance for us. In the Bible, in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. And God is faithful. Everyone say, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. You know, one of the lies of the enemy to us is that don't tell this to anyone. You're the only one going through this. But, but the Bible says, no, the temptation you're going through is the same temptation that everybody is going through. The more you isolate and keep it to yourself, you're denying yourself sometimes of the way out God is providing you. At least in my own life, most of the time, the way of escape are the people that God has surrounded me with. If you are not part of a victory group, I want to encourage you to be part of a victory group. And if you are already in the victory group, I will encourage you to open up your life and let other people get involved and know you, who you really are, and what's going through your life. Or else, if you're just attending the victory group and you're not opening your life, you're just hanging out with people. But the way out is relationship many times. So Jesus said, you know, every temptation and evil you will face, you will never face a temptation that is beyond your ability to overcome. The temptation is strong, but the grace of God is stronger. And, but here's our responsibility, and I'm go, this is the last point. Here's, here's our responsibility in Luke 22, verse 40. Pray 
that you may not enter into temptation. You know, the setting was that they were in the Garden of Gethsemane and Jesus was about to be crucified and He told His disciples, you pray right there while I pray. And then, pagbalik ni Lord, nakita niya yung mga disciples niya, ibang pray. Hindi nagpipray, tulog. Parang tayo, minsan nagpipray, no? Parang, Lord, Lord. Ginising niya. Sabi niya, you don't know what's about to come. I'll be arrested. There will be persecution. There will be, I mean, it's going to be complicated. You're all going to run away. Pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The same way with us. Pray. We need to pray. So that we, when you go out, before you go out of the house, in the morning, before you start your day, you pray. You pray. That's how we overcome. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. First, understand it's about relationship. Second, it's about God's will. Aligning your heart and plans and goals and priorities and values. Pray for your needs. Pray for forgiveness. And pray that you will have the protection and grace to overcome. Last verse, and then we'll end. In, here's the encouragement of the Bible for us. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 6 to 7. Now that we all have access to God, the Bible says, do not be anxious. Do not be stressed. Do not worry about anything. About that deadline, about that bills you need to pay, about the physical condition of a family member, about that marriage, about your children who are uh, not walking with the Lord today. Whatever that is, that pressure at work or at home, Whatever that is, now that you have access to God, your Father, the Bible says, do not be anxious. Remove the false burden. Don't even attempt to carry that load because you won't be able to. You will be crushed. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. And Christ Jesus. You know, that's what's amazing when we pray. When we go to God and recognize that it's about God's will. That He's our Father. The Bible says you will have peace. Even if the answer is not yet there, there is peace in your heart and mind. You can do God's will. You can treat other people the way God wants you to treat them. You can be the man and the woman that God wants you to be. We can live for God not because we already have everything we need, but because we have God in our life. And with God, we know God will take care of God will take care of us. He's in charge and He's in control. Amen? God wants us to have peace. And God wants us to, have, to, to access and build that relationship with Him. The better the communication, the better the relationship. And God wants you and I to experience an intimate relationship with Him. And that is possible through prayer. Amen? Let me pray for us. Can you bow your heads with me and close your eyes as we pray? God, we thank you for teaching us how to pray. We may not be part of the original group of disciples. We may never have that opportunity to directly hear it from you in human form. Yet, we have your word today. And it's the same thing. It's just like us sitting at your feet 
and hearing this word from your mouth. Thank you for teaching us how to pray. It's about relationship. It's about your will. Lord, my prayer is that we will all have a greater revelation of who you are as a father. Teach us how to relate to you as your sons and daughters. Lord, I pray that also we will become more and more aligned to your will and your purposes for our life. Make us a people who's all about honoring you, who's all about pursuing you. Lord, I pray, God, we have dreams, we have goals. Lord, we pray everything that's in our heart will be aligned to your will and to your word. Make us more like Jesus. That we, it will not be about us. It will always be about you. That we will not be consumed about the things of this world. We will be consumed with you, God. Lord, I also pray for those who have needs today. Whatever need they have. Lord, we thank you that you are not only willing, you are able. So thank you, Lord, because you said we should not worry. We should not be stressed about it. We should not lose sleep over it. We should come to you in prayer and supplication and your peace will come to us. So Lord, we thank you for your peace. Let your peace come. And God, we thank you in advance because every time we pray, you hear us and you answer us. And Lord, I pray for those who are here for the first time. I pray they will know you and they will have a relationship with you that they will move beyond religion to relationship. Lord, I pray that you will draw them closer and closer to you. And I pray you will use people to help them, to guide them, to disciple them. Father God, we thank you for this church. We thank you for this community of faith. Lord, we thank you for your word and we pray that your word will accomplish the purpose that you have for sending it to us today. Bless every family represented here. Bless the rest of the day and bless the coming week. We pray for your kingdom to come and your will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph resources podcast.